Welcome to the Ortho Eval Pal podcast, where we can help you build confidence with your orthopedic evaluation and management skills. We hope you enjoy the show. And now, for your host, Paul Marquis. Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode 296 of the Ortho Eval Pal podcast. Today, we're going to be talking about patella tendon rupture evaluations. Um, we will be reviewing a patient presentation. We'll go over some anatomy surrounding the extensor mechanism of the knee. We're going to discuss the evaluative findings and talk about some preoperative management and so much more. But if you don't mind holding for a moment, we're going to hear a word from our sponsor. You've all seen the name Chattanooga in rehab clinics. Chattanooga has been a staple for all your traditional clinical equipment needs, and they are now carrying modalities including high-powered laser, focus shockwave, and radial pressure wave devices. These modalities have the ability to transform your practice from both a clinical and revenue standpoint. Trust me, I have patients traveling over an hour to come have radial pressure wave treatment in our clinic. Click the link in the show notes to request a quote, schedule an in-person demo, or get more information on their new modalities. You can also visit their website at www.lightforcemedical.com. Welcome back. So today I want to walk you through a patient evaluation. This is going to be a step-by-step discussion of the evaluation, the mechanism of injury, signs and symptoms of a patella tendon rupture. Uh, instead of just rattling off a list of, you know, this is the anatomy and these are the stats and whatnot, I'm going to kind of piece this all together with this evaluation of this young man that we just saw. So, We have Josh here who is a 14-year-old who is now 12-week status post-avulsion fracture of the tibial tubercle. Okay, so let's remember this. He is being seen by us um, post-tibial tubercle fracture uh, and avulsion. So, um, you know... Let's just step back a little bit. We'll talk about how he avulsed his tibial tubercle. He was playing basketball. Uh, he went to do a layup, and as soon as he planted that leg, he went into flexion, um, just avulsed that tubercle right off of his tibia. He went down uh, into a hyperflex position, severe pain, severe swelling, ended up having to have surgery where they basically took the tibial tubercle and they put it back into the footprint, screwed it in place, and um, then was you know out of commission in a full extension brace for four weeks. We started physical therapy after that, just slowly starting to work uh, back on gaining motion. He had a little setback in there uh, and uh, had some difficulty getting his motion back. But really, let's fast forward now to 12 weeks status post. He has full motion, a good quad set. He's able to straight leg raise five pounds without an extensor lag. He's walking without a limp, doing stairs with an alternating gait, um, biking with full motion, doing the elliptical, doing some shuttle leg presses, also doing some some balancing activities, and really doing great. Okay, so then I see him on a Friday. Uh, recently, he's at the 12-week mark, and uh, he is doing great. He's had the green light to do some biking. We made it very clear that he can bike at home, but no wheelies, no jumps, nothing crazy. Um, and, well, guess what he does? I get a phone call Monday morning and um, apparently attempted to pop a wheelie, which is something that he has always done. Uh, And uh, he goes over backwards, lands on both legs, hyperflexes the knee, uh, ends up with severe pain, a pop, severe swelling, uh, walks into the clinic with, you know, uh, just a hyperextended gait. And um, 
you know, he he was having pain, felt bad, he felt like he was disappointing us because he didn't listen to us, and um, so, you know, it's one of those situations where, you know, live and learn, I guess, and uh, so we are, uh, you know, we're going to break this down a little bit now and, and talk about some stats, okay? So... We typically will see a patella tendon rupture in males that are 30 to 50 years old, usually because of some sort of an underlying issue. So we've got a 14-year-old here, um, and we need to wonder, well, why did he tear his patella tendon? Why did he avulse his tibial tubercle, and why has he had so many other unusual fractures? Well, he's he's got to be at least 5'10", and he's uh, 14 years old. And just kind of a, a, a tall kid, very strong, um, and has had multiple injuries in the past. Uh, so we asked about, you know, fluoroquinolone use. Uh, has he had any steroid injections? Uh, you know, has, is, has there been a history of patella tendinopathy, patella tendinitis? We do see these unusual stress fractures, avulsions, and things like that, more in blonde hair, blue-eyed, and, and people who sunburn easy, people who are really pale skin. They just seem to have less bone density, uh, and there seems to be a, a, a propensity to develop some osteoporotic issues. Um, and so I always take that stuff into consideration. But, you know, he, he had this weak quad, weak patella tendon in the first place because of this previous surgery. So I assume that contributed to his, uh, you know, tearing of his patella tendon. So what's his physical presentation look like? How does he, you know, present when he comes in? Well, he has this hyperextended gait. So he comes in the day after his injury, hasn't gone to the hospital, hasn't seen a physician, hasn't gone to the emergency department. And he comes in with this hyperextended gait and he does not flex any because he feels like it's going to give out. All right. So upon observation, he has a severe infrapatella tendon swelling and effusion. So he has an effusion in the knee, but his patella tendon is also significantly swollen. So basically this huge amount of swelling around the fat pads, the patella tendon, medial to lateral around the patella. It's kind of an unusual, almost like a horseshoe shape around the patella. Um, the other thing that we notice is that as we mobilize his patella, uh, I do a couple things with the patella. I, I hold it. I hold the superior poles and the inferior poles, and I move them side to side against each other. So like almost like I'm trying to um, separate the patella. And what I do there is I stress the patella itself to see if there's any sign of a fracture. And he had no discomfort with that whatsoever. Medial and lateral gliding uh, were within normal limits. Although he did have some swelling and a positive ballotment, uh, the patella was moving nicely. But one of the things we did notice is that when we moved the patella superiorly, it really went up a lot higher than usual, and it went up really easily. So prior to this injury, um, he had a good tight patella tendon, and whenever I put mobilizes patella superiorly, there was a nice endpoint there, and it was kind of tight and, and rigid. Um, and this time when I would move it up, it would just go up really easily. The other thing we noticed is that his patella was sitting significantly higher than it was prior to this injury. Um, so really sitting up high and almost above the uh, the femoral condyles. The other thing we noticed is that the patient was not able to perform a straight leg raise. So that's always a test I do uh, when people come in and they have knee injuries, just to kind of rule in and rule out either a quad rupture or a patella tendon rupture. Uh, and he was not able to perform the straight leg raise. 
So I went around and, and did some ligamentous testing. ACL was fine. PCL was good. Uh, MCL, LCL, the medial and lateral capsules felt nice and stable. He had no obvious signs of a, a patella dislocation. He had uh, no apprehension sign there. Um, and then there was a, a severe amount of discomfort to palpate the patella tendon, like kind of went through the roof. And uh, as you'll see in the video that we added to uh, the links today in the show notes, um, we have a video of this young man and um, he's pretty tender. I didn't poke as hard for the video, but uh, prior to that, during the evaluation, he was quite tender. And then again, uh, like I said earlier, I stressed that patella to see if there was any signs of a fracture. So let's go back and talk about the anatomy of the extensor mechanism. So we have, you know, our quadriceps muscle, and that muscle turns into the quadricep tendon that now goes over the patella, and that patella is your sesamoid bone, your biggest sesamoid bone in the body, and um, sits in that, you know, uh, quad tendon that turns into your patella tendon that, uh, you know, and the patella tendon exists from the inferior pole of the patella to the tibial tubercle. And then you need to remember that on each side of your patella is your medial and lateral patella retinaculum. Gives it some stability medially and laterally. So it's always something you should check when you, um, when you see somebody like this. Now, the first thing we were worried about was did he avulsus tibial tubercle, tubercle again? And there was no obvious signs of an avulsion there. And it's pretty easy to identify in a patella tendon because it really just jumps right out. It's like you have this huge Osgood slaughters all of a sudden that suddenly happened. Um, and uh, we did not see that or feel that either. It was nice and smooth over that um, tibial tubercle region. So right here, what I want to do is just pause for a second and talk about the difference between a quadricep tendon rupture and a patella tendon rupture. So typically we will see, you know, both of these in older people, generally in older men, um, your quad tear is much more common than your patella tendon tear. Uh, and one of the ways that I try to identify this is, number one, when I palpate, if you palpate the divot near the patella tendon, um, that will tell us it's more likely to be a patella tendon rupture. If you palpate just superior to the patella and you can sink your fingers right in there and hit the femur, then it's more likely to be a quad rupture. And the other thing I look for is patella movement when they do a quad set. Okay, so if you do a quad set and the patella stays down and low near the patella tendon area and near the closer to the tibial tubercle, uh, you know that the quad has been ruptured and vice versa. If you do a quad set and the patella moves superiorly, excessively, and there is a significant gap between the tibial tubercle and the inferior pole of the patella, then it's more likely to be a patella tendon rupture. And sometimes I'll even hold that patella. So if, they, if they're if they a quad rupture, I might hold the patella like when you're doing a, a Clark sign, you hold the patella, have them do a quad set, and if the patella stays there but the quad contracts, um, that's another sign that they have a um, quad rupture versus a patella tendon rupture. So just, just a little tidbit of information for you to think about the next time you see somebody who has some sort of a traumatic um, hyperflexion type of episode. And that's the other thing we looked at is, you know, how did this happen? And it was truly all hyperflexion. Um, we see this. We see this happen also when you're starting to flex and the quad is kind of not ready and you try to fight that and try to extend the knee um, and that's when, you know, the tissues let go. This 
most often, quad ruptures more often happen when it's unexpected. You slip on the ice, you catch a dry spot, and then you're you're kind of not neuromuscularly ready to contract that quad. And so when it does, um, it just lets go. So I believe that this is more of a neuromuscular issue for most people, um, unless it is something that is super traumatic. So what's our next step here with this young man? He comes into the office, his knee is swollen. It's really in, in bad shape. Uh, we, we called his orthopedic surgeon, who ordered up some x-rays to find that the patella was really high riding. There was a small fragment too off of the tibial tubercle, it seemed like, either there or from the patella. Uh, the inferior pole is hard to identify where it came from, but certainly not the big avulsion fragment that uh, we had seen previously. Um, screws are all in place. Everything looked good there in the x-rays. Obviously a massive uh, effusion, lots of swelling around the patella tendon. Um, we placed him back into his brace. So this is what we did like when we saw him before we sent him for the x-rays, actually. We placed him back into his extension brace, which we told him to bring in. Uh, we locked it out at zero degrees, which he is to sleep in and, um, and to use whenever he's up and walking around. He can use compression, so a nice compression sleeve, uh, elevate that leg, get rid of some of that swelling in there, do some ankle pumps just to prevent a, a DVT, uh, not jump on to anti-inflammatories because he's going to be uh, getting right into surgery here for uh, to have that fixed. Uh, and then we, we talked about icing for pain, you know, so if he's having some discomfort, doing some cryotherapy, especially so we can get some compression and some pain control at the same time. Uh, we throw in some exercises like calf pumps, side-lying straight leg raises. He can do some abdominal crunches. He's a very active young man, wants to exercise, wants to work out. He can do some ball bridges with his feet up on a ball as long as he has his brace on um, and can get his leg up there. Nothing wrong with working out the hamstrings and working the glutes a little bit. And then he can go through all of his upper extremity workouts. So we talked to him about what he's doing for that so that he just wouldn't stress his leg too much before surgery, which is uh, in about four days. So um, if you want to take a look at what this evaluation looks like on this young man, I did do a video of it and we did put it on our YouTube channel. So I'll put a link in the show notes. Remember this, when we do videos of folks, we ask permission. And most every time they will say absolutely anything we could do to help out to educate others out there uh, and, and and make you know that evaluation process better no problem so uh, we if if the patient is underage we ask the permission from the parents and um, I'll also add a video or two of some patients who have had some quadricep tendon ruptures so you can compare the evaluations and compare what they look like and uh, hopefully that helps you when you see somebody in the future who's had some trauma to the extensor mechanism of their knee so I hope you enjoyed today's podcast as much as I enjoyed getting it ready for you um, I love what I do and I hope you do too I hope you have a great day be kind to each other and take care we hope you've enjoyed the show. For some more awesome content, go to orthoevalpal.com. Can't wait to see you there.